Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. It's time to get outside. This is KSL Outdoors. Brought to you by Bear River Lodge. Two hours of stories and information on hunting, fishing, and high adventure. KSL Outdoors with Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back. Hour number two and the final one for another week here on uh, what will be the last program of the year 2022. Hard to believe that's happening already. But it's great to have you here for another Saturday morning. Tim Hughes, I know we just talked fishing. We're going to talk more fishing coming up here with uh, Craig Walker from the Division of Wildlife Resources. Look forward to sharing with you as we look back at 2022 some of the fishing records that were set in the state. But before we get there, I just want to look ahead at this hour. Uh, we're going to go back on the road uh, road tripping with Bob and Mark. And speaking of reflecting back at 2022, thought it would be fun for them to just give me their top five, if we've got time to squeeze them all in, of their experiences of the past year and maybe some of the things they're looking forward to in 2023. Then we'll head up to, we'll take a news break on the half hour, and uh, we'll be checking in uh, with Andrea Huskinson up at uh, Alta Resort. I was reporting yesterday on Utah's Noon News that Alta actually has the most snowfall to date you know, when they start counting it and adding it up, I think, in late September, early October. But more snow than any other resort in northern Utah. Something to brag about. And that did not even include the snow that came from this last round of uh, storm activity on uh, Thursday, Friday this week, or Wednesday night, Thursday, as it moved through. So all of that in the coming hour. But uh, Craig is with us now. Uh, Craig Walker, thank you for your time. I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, Craig, by the way, has been on the show with us before. He is the Division of Wildlife Resources Aquatics Assistant. When you look at all of these records, I mean, I had no idea. Many of them are catch and release. And let's see, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of those. Catch and keep records, we had two. Spear fishing records, we had two. Let's start with the spear fishing records because I had no idea we even kept track of things like that. Sure, yeah. I mean, we keep track of records for, uh, as you mentioned, the catch and keep, catch and release. Spear fishing set line, uh, which is kind of, you know, just sitting in a boat with a, uh, a, a line that is static and stationary, or you can have it uh, on the shore, um, or archery fishing, uh, you know, and it, it seems odd to, to include archery and, and spear fishing in the realm of fishing, but um, they, they are definitely considered to be a, a type of angler, if you will. Before we talk about those records, uh, help us understand, is this legal everywhere? Are there certain places you can and can't do it? As far as spearfishing goes? Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it's not legal everywhere. We actually, this past year, uh, began working with the spearfishing anglers um, to uh, look at expanding the number of waters that they have opportunities and the number of species that they have opportunities uh, to go after statewide. Uh, they had an opportunity to bring that before our wildlife board, and uh, in the coming year, we're going to review the expansion of those opportunities. But it isn't everywhere. Uh, right now, it's limited to uh, a handful of waters throughout the state, um, for species like carp or, or other uh, non-sport species, and then some sport species on other waters. Evidently, one of those places is Lake Powell because uh, Darville McBride had a, a nice catch on uh, April 30th. Tell us about that one. Yeah, so, I mean, when you start looking at uh, some of these fish from a spearfishing standpoint, um, six pounds, three ounces, 27 and a quarter inches long, <laughs> uh, 17 inches around, uh you know, I'm not a spearfishing person myself, but I can imagine that that was pretty exciting for that individual underwater. No kidding, uh, because once you uh, actually hit the target, you got to get that thing in, and I don't know, even know what that process looks like. Absolutely. I, you know, I did do a little archery fishing when I was younger, and, uh, you know, there's a reel on that rig. I don't know what they use on the end of a, a spearfishing rig, but... Uh, they, the guys that we, we talked to this past year promised to get me out, so maybe I'll have a better update to give you next year as far as what that looks like underwater. Yeah, that's a monster. And I guess it goes without saying that uh, hitting a big fish would be much easier than going after a smaller one. you got a bigger target anyway. Right, absolutely. And, you know, you start looking at, uh, you know, the, the cutthroat trout that was uh, zapped with a, a spear gun. Um, it was only a three-pound fish, and although that seems pretty big, for a trout, a three-pound fish isn't huge, and trying to hit that with a spear spear gun would be, uh, I would imagine, challenging yeah. at the very least. Ryan Peterson had that one uh, back in June, I think, early part of June at Fish Lake. Three, yep. Yep. Three, Fish Lake. Yep. three pounds, 14 ounces, 22 and a half inches long, had an 11-inch girth. All right, catch and keep records. There was one for cutthroat trout, I know, from Lost Creek Reservoir. Sure. Yeah, we had uh, Brian Olson on April 18th. Uh, he ended up with a four-pound, 12-inch Bonneville cut that was uh, 24 and a quarter inches long. Um, what's interesting is, you know, I, I think that what we're experiencing since COVID really is just this amazing number of record uh, submissions that that I see across my desk, uh, and I bring that up because it wasn't, uh, but just a couple couple months later that Willie Carollo uh, on July 17th, also at Lost Creek Reservoir, broke that record with a 10 pounds, 2.24 ounce, 28 inch fish uh, on a bill cut. So, Not just beat it, he crazy. shattered that record. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I mean, that's that's what's going on these days. Is I'll, I'll have a record pop up and before I even get done processing the record, I've got another one for that same species. So it's pretty interesting. I, I know we haven't done scientific research here, but if you had to guess, you know, what is the pandemic uh, connection here? Is it that more people were out there doing it? Is it that the fish were left alone in some areas and so they've grown bigger or a combination of both? You know, I, I think we had more people getting out there, you know, so you get a bigger sample size, you get more anglers out of the water and therefore you're going to encounter fish uh, more. Uh, you know, the other things too, I think we, we did a good job, publicizing the availability of the record program, record fish program, uh, and the new online app that we have where people can pretty easily submit their uh, their catch for uh, a record application. 
And then we also had the Division of Wildlife Resources put forward a, a fishing trip planner called Fish Utah. And I think that gave people the ability to target particular species, maybe if they were actually after a record, uh, at certain waters that hadn't gotten a lot of pressure historically. So yeah. those those things, I think, opened, opened up the field a little bit. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, so uh, the new catch-and-keep record for a Bonneville cut is 10 pounds, 2.24 ounces. Uh, if you think that's big, wait till you hear about this wiper from Newcastle Reservoir. <laughs> so, wipers are just a really interesting species. They, uh, you know, they're a hybrid between striped bass and white bass, and they uh, have an interesting body form. They get really fat. Uh, they don't necessarily grow very long, and, and, and but they, they definitely put on the feed bag. This fish was 16 pounds, 8.32 ounces, and 31 inches long. It had a 24-inch girth. Now, you think about a 24-inch girth, and you think about a 24-inch girth on a tree. Think about that on a fish. That's that, it, crazy. massive fish. Yeah. All right. Uh, those are catch and keep. Then there, the others are all catch and release records. And I'll be honest, sometimes I'm surprised that these catch and rele- uh, release records are not all that impressive as far as numbers go. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting, I think. A lot of them are trout records. Uh, we did have some panfish records in there, but they're they're fairly sizable. Uh, I, I I look at you know when we talk about uh, black crappie being caught, and you have a almost a 17 inch black crappie being caught by uh, Dragon. Um, forgive me if the pronunciation is correct. Pickleheimer, I think. Pickleheimer, right? Yeah. Um, that was uh, at Quail Creek back in April, and uh, 16 and three-quarter inches is no slouch for a crappie. That's That's, that's a pretty good stick. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, when we get into uh, some of the stuff that we saw for tiger trout, you get into a, almost a 30-inch tiger trout. Uh, David McKay caught that on in May at Fish Lake. That's not a bad fish either. So, And then, of course, walleye. When we start getting up into 33-inch length on walleye, um, that's – that's a, a good fish, yeah. uh, and we had we saw that come out of the Utah Lake back in April. Uh, John Torrance caught that. Just, just impressive, you that's, know. Whether whether if they're a little smaller, they're still impressive fish. I'd be yeah. proud to catch them. That's all great stuff. Uh, Eleven new state records set in twenty twenty two. Real quick, we only have a minute here. Uh, how does someone make sure that theirs is documented properly, and how do they report it to you? Sure. Uh, go ahead and go to the Division of Wildlife Resources website. In our search, type in record fish. And that should get you to the page where you can submit your application for catch and release, catch and keep, spear fishing, any of those categories. And uh, once you hit submit on that, it'll hit my desk, uh, my inbox, an email, and I will review it. Best way to document it with some kind of a measuring device and a phone with pictures? Uh, yeah. So on that website, we have instructions. Uh, okay. I encourage people to go and check out the website before they go out if they're seeking a record. But oftentimes that isn't isn't the case. Just as a reminder... Be sure you have a measuring tape in the in the view of your of your photograph. Take a photograph of your fish if you're doing catch and release. As far as catch and keep, you're going to be required to take that into a certified scale and get it weighed. That's how we uh, do the catch and keep records. So those those two things, I think you should be all right. That's a fun conversation. Craig Walker, thanks for what you do uh, all year long, and uh, have a great new year. Hey, Tim, thank you very much. Happy holidays. We'll take a quick break, come back, and do a little road tripping next. We'll get a look back at 2022 with Bob and Mark. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. 
I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. You know, by the sound of the music and uh, the time on the clock, that it's time to do a little road tripping with Bob and Mark. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road Matter of fact, again. Russ, what we're going to do with the boys this week is uh, look back at all of their road trips from uh, 2022 and kind of pick their brain about where they're favorite uh what, what i guess we'll stick to five guys if we can squeeze them all in here not to be confused with five oh, guys. guys fries and, and burgers but uh <laughs> nice to have bob grove and mark wade mark welcome thank you thank you and five guys is one of our favorite burgers Steve, so we'll add that to the list <laughs> yeah and the, and the fries aren't bad either bob and everything's good there. they are they're great yeah. i love the fries although i'm i have a i'm on a low-carb diet oh really yeah, it's. It, I don't recommend it. <laughs> it's a bad time of year to be doing that. You understand really that, right? Is. Yeah, well, I'm not the sharpest tool in the cabinet. Boys, you guys look back at uh, 2022. You hit a lot of spots. I don't know, Bob, where you would even begin, but uh, if you just think right off the top of your head, what would be at the top of your list for experiences this year? Well, you know, one that really stood out when Mark and I were discussing this, the one that really stood out to me was Flaming Gorge. Mm. You know, it's not that I hadn't been there before, but I haven't visited Flaming Gorge like we did this year. And, it, I, I, you know, living clear here is mo- almost as far away as you can get in the state from it. Yeah. It was it was so amazing to go there and see a kind of a different color of red rock with those deep canyons. Uh, the Sheep Creek Overlook, where Mark and I had an amazing experience of shooting star shots, dark sky that night, it was one of the most brilliant skies we've had. But the sunset at the dam over the bay there, the UTV adventures we had on Finch's Draw. And the, I mean, it's just this Flaming Gorge is so underrated, although it's one of the better known destinations. But I think it's way underrated to what it, what you can really do there. Yeah. And you had good guiding services there, too, if I remember right. We did. Well, we, we worked with Daggett County and one of their guys there, Trevor, he was our guide and he was phenomenal. He was great. What I liked about Trevor the most is that he had just such a passive, easygoing attitude that if he broke an axle, no big deal. I'll just <laughs> fix it when I get home. <laughs> yeah. I, I see Notch Peak on your uh, list and I don't remember this one. West Desert. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think uh, Notch Peak in Millard County um, you know, really stood out to us. We've seen it from below. Uh, and then from the top this past summer, we went uh, in July, we took a hike up to the top there. And it is, I, I could tell you, you know, we, we're a state in a region full of beautiful mountains, but this one really stands out uniquely because of its shape and where it stands out among all peaks because it has a nearly a 3,000 foot vertical rise, yeah. second only to uh, El Capitan. Wow. And uh, it, it just really is a spectacular uh, uh, place there in Miller County in the West Desert in the Great Basin area. It really is. Uh, I've been on both sides of it. So up to the up to the peak, Notch Peak, and then I've been over on the Nevada side and gone up as far as you can in those canyons. And it's quite a view from the other side, too. Mm. It is. Yeah. It is. All right, Mark, what's at the top of your list? Well, Bob would tell you that uh, – I love Butch Cassidy stories, and <laughs> and we got a chance to go this year down by Hanksville, south of Hanksville, off into Poison Spring Canyon, and and there's some there's a signature down there of Butch's, 
on the backside of a boulder that we, we knew was down there and, and hadn't seen that one. We got in to see that. And then we got to go explore in another place, a, a secret place that we will never reveal, a cave. <laughs> yeah. We, we actually had to cross a river in very cold, I think it was February temperatures, uh, up to our knees in, in the river with walking sticks to stabilize ourselves and then go in and find this cave where Butch Cassidy and, and Matt Warner and a, another outlaw by the name of Silvertip, their signatures are in there, and this is an undisturbed cave that very few people know about. So it was one of those just kind of uh, bucket list experiences for me to go and see Butch Cassidy's signature there. Yeah, and by the way, for our listeners, uh, don't feel bad that they're not, you know, sharing exactly where this place is. They haven't shared it with me either. <laughs> so they really are making uh, this one uh, stay protected. All right, and then uh, the Tusher Mountains are also on your list. Well, we, we traditionally have gone up to the Tushers, you know, from Beaver and go right up the canyon. It's 12,000 feet high. They're the highest mountains in the southwest corner of the state. But we came in on the backside of those mountains this year on ATVs and came in, and it, it was even more spectacular from the backside. We didn't understand or appreciate from the Marysvale side, let's say. And you come up, and there's Bullion Falls there, which are beautiful waterfalls you can get to. And uh, further up the up the road, you're right into the backside. And we saw all of the uh, the white mountain goats up there this summer, and uh, still some snow and patches up there. And so it was pretty spectacular from the backside. Yeah. All right, uh, Bob. You also listed some caves. You did a little spelunking this year, I think. Yeah, we did. We actually, in I believe it was in April, we went out. We went out with Adam Eagle and. Um, we wanted to go do some cave exploring. We went out to Lehman Caves uh, out there in the Great Basin National Park by Baker, Nevada. And wow, is that a cool place? I mean, it's just the stalactites, stalagmites. I mean, it was just really a wonderland in there. And then not far from there is Crystal Ball Cave on, near Gandy, Utah, in Miller County again. And I got to tell Mark and I were discussing this earlier. We were thinking, you know, if you want to warm up, go to a cave because it's basically the same temperature year round, right, isn't right. it? Yeah, and you don't have to deal with the wind chills we've had this past week. My goodness, uh, just crazy readings out there. Well, I can tell you that uh, we've lived it vicariously here, sitting, you know, in the studios oh, yeah. with you guys. I'm sure it's the same for our listeners, and we can't wait to find out where we go road tripping in 2023. <laughs> so, happy New Year, guys, and uh, Merry Christmas to you both. Thank you. Merry and Christmas you and Happy New Year. And again, if you want to follow them, it's just road tripping with Bob and Mark.com. Stay with us. We'll uh, take a break and come back with more right after a news update. We're headed up to Alta. Andrea Huskinson will join us next. Stay right there. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. 
Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.